listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to the Classic Car Show only on America's Web Radio. And we're glad to have you listening in. And uh, we've got both Mr. Steve Ronaldo and Mr. Jim Weber here. And uh, we were expecting a call from uh, Lavelle Hunt with the uh, Chevrolet Hall of Fame. Uh, he had uh, in De- Decatur, Illinois, as a matter of fact. Uh, he had uh, said he'd be on the show today, but we haven't heard from Mr. Hunt yet. So, guys, uh, I guess we can get started without Mr. Hunt. And, uh, Steve, I think the appropriate thing would be to do to run over... Uh, where you were last week in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina? Well, yeah. We were at the uh, Charlotte Auto Fair, which is the biggest car show and flea market um, in the southeast. It, uh, uh, the AACA National Meet is outside of the racetrack on the back side. And like every AACA National Meet, there's no charge or anything to go in. But you still have to pay if you want to go into the racetrack and go into the flea market. And the flea market is really big. Um, a lot of commercial vendors like Coker Tire and Giuliano's seat belts and those kind of people. And of course, there's a big NASCAR influence because because that's NASCAR country all the way. And I saw our friend that we talked to from the the uh, uh, museum right down the street. He had a booth set up, oh. and I couldn't couldn't think of his name, but I went over and said, "Which one of you guys are?" Oh, I, I just remember you were on the radio. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And so he had a display there uh, of stuff. Uh, walk, but I, I just like walking around flea markets. Yeah. Well, the other thing I like about them is usually Chevy and Ford have their engine displays there. In there, yeah. In the, in the NASCAR tech centers and the NASCAR buildings, there's all kinds of, of stuff. Uh, the big performance people are there. Some of the uh, big. Okay, was he from Concord or Forest? Concord. 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 Okay, uh, that's Jim Morrison. Yeah. Come on, baby, light my fire. Oh, here we go. <laughs> but anyway, are we paying extra for that? Uh, yeah, well, he. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, but it, it, it's a nice, nice big flea market. They say it's the biggest one in the southeast. And and if any NASCAR guys will know, it's a one and a half mile traditional track. There's three rows of cars around the track for sale, cars for sale. Wow. So there's four and a half miles of cars for sale. I'll never forget the time I went up oh five six years ago, and there were five of those big Chevy and Buick station wagons. Remember the ones that came yeah. with the Corvette engines? Yes. There were five of them in the flea market that day. Oh, they're great tow vehicles. Oh, too. they're phenomenal cars. I've got a friend that's got one with 200,000 miles on yeah, it. So. They, they do. So uh, anyway, and you always meet some, some very interesting people, um, some of the commercial vendors about some of their products. I ran into a guy, and he would be a good guy to get on, uh, Gino's Straps, and he's one of the biggest suppliers of towing straps and equipment in the United States. Nice guy. And we were talking about, I don't like hooking up the cars to the car trailer. It's crawling around trying to throw that stupid webbing under the axle. He was talking about over um, 
over the wheel, and they have universal kits now. He said, about, oh, about 150 bucks a wheel. But he said, I'll tell you, I, the stuff that we sell, uh, and I make. He said, I make it. It's made It's made somewhere in uh, Bristol, Tennessee, I think it is, in the oh. Bristol area. And he said, I've had tr- people that have sent me pictures of a trailer that has has, has flipped, and the car is hanging from his straps, straps and the, completely undamaged. That's neat. Yeah, so I'm seriously thinking about getting some some of his straps for. And I said, my problem is I have things that have 30 inch wheels down to 14 inch wheels. <laughs> he said, he said I make an adjustable set that. Well, that's yeah, good. Nice good. guy, and that's the yeah. kind. That's the things I like about the flea market. You find out about this kind of stuff, um, and because. They go and 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 then there was another guy up there, majestic, something I can't remember. Majestic Supply, I think they're from the Charlotte area, and they only sell body shop supplies, to um, other than at the show, to to businesses. They don't sell, bu- and and they have um, some of those new smaller. Six-inch buffers, mm-hmm. variable speed, right. dual orbiting yep. uh, stuff, and he guarantees that you cannot burn through the the paint because if you push down, he showed me he had he had one a yellow pad on this for something, and he and he had it marked and, and uh, uh, with a magic marker sort of thing, and he pushed down, and the pad stopped. It stopped. Wow. wow. That's, that's Who, uh, whose buffer is it? Is uh, it? It's made in Germany. Bosch? No, no. It's Porter Cable? No, it's not one. It's one you've not one you've ever heard of. But oh. they're three hundred fifty bucks. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you buy two? Yeah, seven. <laughs> oh boy, he's got uh, seven I'm of them for Christmas presents. Yeah, <laughs> Brenda's getting one. I hope I'm on your <laughs> list. <laughs> but you know, and that kind of stuff. And he said the price will come down on these things. Uh, and I didn't know, like on those buffer things like that, and I don't know about the ones that McGuire sells in, what is it, Groitz or Griots? Griots, Griots, I think. They yeah. have, uh, they're Velcro. You don't hook them on anymore. The, the base plate is Velcro, and you just slap them on, and away you go. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, uh-huh. I thought they were still the old pain in the ass. Oh, well, you stitched them, them or, on and or, all that Yeah, stuff. or uh, the... the what is it? Uh, the nylon stuff, the expanding stuff that. What do you it's call Velcro. That? All yeah. the ones he had are Velcro. Yeah. And they have another one um, made in Italy called uh, She's a Work. Oh, She's a Work. Yeah, huh? She's a Work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it's a, and he said, This is all you need, and it's 189 He said, The one from Germany is for a shop. Somebody that runs this thing almost, tw- you know, all twenty-four day. hours. Yeah, yeah, a real, real thing. But he said for the home guy, this one, and it, he said it's not quite as fancy, but it's yeah. But uh, so you know, that's something I'm thinking about picking up. And I was looking on the internet last night, and uh, there's all kinds of. I never even knew such a thing existed. I had no idea things like that existed. Yeah, I've got one. I don't even remember what the brand is. Anyway, and 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 so that's the big advantage of going to a big flea market. Mm-hmm. Is it, that's that's one of the things that's a. All right, you know, let's go back to the corral, the the car corral, and the four and a half okay. miles of cars. How are the prices 
They're always high, but it's always negotiable. Um, it's like going to Hershey. So did you see anything there, not that you necessarily you had to have, but did you did you see some good deals there? Or? Uh, a few of the things. Again, it's proving out that, that um, uh, the things that we've said all along, muscle cars are, are down, way down. Uh, certain import cars, Ferrari, Maserati, Lamborghini, Highline Porsche cars are way up, way up. Hmm. I mean, unreal. It's just ridiculous what they're getting for asking for this stuff. And it's stupid. I mean, it, it just is really dumb. So there was a few of those there. Um, I still think the best buy for a performance car that you can get right now is the C4 Corvettes. God, I can't. Wonderful cars. Well, and the C5s are down. Yeah, the yeah the 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 one right after. Which I don't know. I don't know when that they went to the C6. I don't know all these things. But the the C4s, you can get cars, and there is a bunch of them there. For around ten thousand bucks for a you know a Corvette with sixteen thousand miles on it. Wow! Yeah. Uh, and they're great cars, and they're easiest ones to work on because the hood pops up all the way, and you can get at everything. And it's just a, a, a tune port injection engine. Yeah. Now, do you, now do you think they'll go back? Oh, eventually the they all did. You know, everybody hated everybody hated the Stingrays when they came yeah, out. Yeah. Everybody hated Stingrays. And then well, they weren't Carvettes; they were Stingray. They were, and 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 then and then when the potato chip cars came out in '68, everybody everybody hated them, and they started going up. And then when the 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 C4 came out, the the potato chip Corvettes started going up. So it takes time, but they all catch up. Well, I know we had that '87, and it was a once you got in it. The problem with that car is, for me, for it's not OFF. So old, old fart, old fart friendly. Friendly, yeah. Yeah, you can't get in and out of it easily because the seat sits way down into the below the door sills. But once you get in, you got a ton of room, and we got 28, 29 miles to a gallon with that car on the highway. The interesting thing, a C5, of course, was the first Z06, which was the real hot rod of the bunch. Yeah. And, and then they had that other one too, Cal- no, Cal- no something else. No, um, the, the ZR1. Twin, no t- twin turbo thing. They had that had the Yamaha heads or something. It was the Mercury outboard. Mercury, that, that was the ZR1. I don't know what they are, yeah. but they didn't make many of them, and no. they're very collectible. Yeah, that but was. But they were a crappy engine. That was a Lotus engine. That was designed by Lotus. That was a real crappy engine. Yeah, it was built by uh, Mercury Marine Building. No wonder they sounded like a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, what other cars were there that were uh, decent? Deals? Um, I don't know. There's just a. It's you know, so big. Huh? Model T's and. Not too much of the older stuff. Charlotte is not known for the older stuff. Uh, matter of fact, I found kind of interesting. I, I found one guy who had brassier stuff. Only one, huh. and they were from Buffalo. And they knew some of the guys from Jamestown in the Chautauqua Lake oh. region. And they had some, some light lamps and stuff. And they just wanted to get the hell out of the snow. Oh, <laughs> they, well. they came down in their motor on these four guys. And 
and brought the the fifth fifth guy with his last name was Budweiser, and they were having a great time. Oh, were they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just fun to walk around and look at the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like flea markets and like like Hershey. This one isn't near the. I would say it's maybe a third the size of Hershey. Uh, but it's mostly newer stuff. If you wanted to do a Ford or a Chevy or a Mustang, or so, what were the prices on Mustangs? Not bad. Sixty-five, say sixty-five, sixty-six. It all depends on the the car, you know, yeah. whether it's a a six-cylinder automatic coupe, so convertible, two, fastback. Thirty-nine. Twenty-nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it's a convertible, the Chevy was two eighty. Correct. Yeah. Two, okay, so the Mustang, uh, a 289 automatic, why, what? You mean a coupe? Yeah. Oh, you can get one of those for ten, twelve thousand all day long. Hmm. The coupe. Yeah, the fastback. The you fastback can. is over twenty, and so are the convertibles. Fastback. I think the fastbacks cost a little more than the convertibles do. I think there's fewer yeah. of them. Well, it's it, and and they're harder to much harder to find. Yeah. No, they're 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 on twenty. I know a guy that's got a '66, beautiful car. He wants to sell right now. Fastback. He's back. having no convertible, and right. he's having a hard time trying to to sell it. Well, what's he want for it? In the twenties. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's having a very hard time. Hmm. Um, and it's a gorgeous car. Anything this guy has, he's the guy with the. What kind of mileage do I have? Only? I don't know. It doesn't matter. They've all been re- at, at that point. They've all been redone. Yeah. So so uh, it it really doesn't doesn't matter. Hmm. So Charlotte is fun. Um, it's not going to compare even close to Hershey. And you at, one of the things that people have to remember when they go to Charlotte, it is a commercial venture. It's not an AACA national meet. So you have to pay to go into the. To into the flea market. With that being said, we got to take our first break. You're listening to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. We're sorry that uh, Mr. Hunt couldn't join us as he said he would, but uh, we'll be back with more of the Classic Car Show right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. With all the back and forth in today's politics, It seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Could an app be the answer to a better garden? Absolutely. It's the new free app, Homegrown with Bonnie Plants. Note, track, and photograph your garden's progress. Personalize your weather and reminders. Get variety info, grow guides, hands-free dictation, and more. The Homegrown with Bonnie Plants app. The sharpest tool in your garden. 
Download it free on the App Store. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show, and uh, we're sort of having to uh, get out on a wing today because our guest uh, that was invited... Uh, one, one more thing about Charlotte. I yes. got my, my, my 200th judging credit Good at Charlotte. Good for you. And this is the better part of the story. If anybody, if any of you do know Herb Oaks, the past president of AACA a couple of years ago, he was the command sergeant major of the Marine Corps. Yes. And he, so you can imagine he is not a very kind and sympathetic person. Well, anyway, he, uh, 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 when some of the other guys, they give awards starting at 10, then 25, then every 25 after. And several of the ladies from Judge's administration were getting their, their like 25th and so on and so forth. And he'd always kiss him on the cheek. So when I went up to get my 200, he's now vice president of class judging. I pointed right here, and I'll be damned if that old fart didn't give me a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> you deserved uh, it. <laughs> and somebody got some pictures of it, and they said they're going to put it in the AACA Oh, magazine. they should. They so should. They <laughs> You're cute. You're cute. Thinks I'm just cute, right? Yeah. But That's that was great. Really, that was yeah. funny. That, yeah. that was a, 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 and I have more people, you know, Give me a hard time about that out on the show field. Well, was stuff. Brenda jealous when she no, heard? she didn't go. She no, didn't go. Well, I thought maybe she heard about it. She oh, yeah, it. I told her. She thought it was, everybody thinks it's funny because he's such a... Oh, yeah, I went to a school in Philadelphia at that annual yeah, meeting. And yeah. Wow. So, and I went over to our friend who lives in China Grove, North Carolina, and he has seven Chrysler Airflows. He has a little dinner at his house. I've never seen seven airflows together. That's eight too many, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful cars. Gosh, yeah. they're nice. And they're, you talk about expensive. Are they all Chrysler? Or is any? A, does he have a DeSoto? He has a couple DeSoto. You're, you're right. He had a yeah. couple DeSotos, the six-cylinder cars. Yeah. But the 34 airflows with the big grill yes. uh, are even a basket case is $40,000 now. Wow. Just gorgeous. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, they're uh, beautiful well, cars. Well, they were unique. They were they were they set. They were the first safety yeah, cars. Yeah, Walter set. said he wanted a safety car, and he got one. And they they did do films of one rolling a guy was in it, and and they rolled it over a hill, and it rolled over, and all of this stuff, and the guy got out at the bottom. No seatbelt on either. Did I he? think he did. Did have he have a seatbelt? Seat I okay. think he did. Well, that's good. Well, what year was this? Thirty-four. Oh, yes, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, beautiful car. They're goofy looking. They never sold. Nobody no. bought because they were so weird looking. Yeah. Now everybody thinks they're cool. This well, <laughs> and they were very aerodynamic. And that was one of the other interesting things about yeah, that car. It a, yeah, it really so, was. I, uh, I, I've been in one in my life, and is I don't know if it's just the fact that it's the way it is from the outside, and you get kind of a preset opinion but when you get in the car it seems to be very palatial very roomy compared yeah, and to and a and the, and conventional the have those metal things to grab on and I, uh, I, just a very nicely done car but yeah. i can't afford one in, uh, way out of my league with that stuff and you know i've been working on the maxwell that's getting close I'm good waiting for one part to be made and the t-bird's finished 
T-verse done. We've been driving it around. Now, do you are you going to keep the T-verse? That's for a her while? car. I ha- she can do what she wants with it. That's her car. Hmm. My but job is to change oil. Ah, how does Brenda like it? She likes it okay. We're matter of fact, in the next week, not next weekend, but the weekend after, we'll be in in Pigeon Forge for the first tour, and we're driving it up to Pigeon Forge. You gonna see Dolly? Probably not. Uh. <laughs> you can see her from twenty miles away. <laughs> uh, so that's the first tour of the year, the Big divisional headlines. divisional tour, and it's sold out and stuff. So we're looking forward to well, well, see how that does. Tell us about the bee now that you got it back. Um, is it all right? Uh, you said you well, had a, yeah, the carburetion. I, yeah, I got an MGB, and, and I've had it for a while, and I, I got it fixed and adjust all the sheet metal, adjusted it. It had been in an accident, and they didn't put it together right. They didn't do a bad job. They didn't do a good job either. So this guy did it and repainted it the correct Irish blue color. But we got, I've got to take it back up. He's got to seal it, and we and the color change is different enough that you, when you open the hood, you notice it. So we're going to take a brush and okay and and do that and inside the trunk and that 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 car's done so that one's done like i said it's and i got the cadillac back on the road with its idiot little project done we'll see how that works <laughs> well as i've told you guys over the years i've, I've always had this hot restart issue with the yes cadillac. yes and after world war ii cadillac finally admitted there was a problem they aren't going to change anything but there was a problem so they came out in 46, I think it was 46, with this goofiest looking fuel filter, one of the glass bottom fuel filters, right. and it has three lines on it, one coming from the pump, one going to the carburetor, and another one with this tiny hole in it that goes out and goes back to the... Um, where you put the gas in, the fill, fill, fill tube. Yeah. And what that does, it allows the gas to keep moving mm-hmm. so that it doesn't get hot. Mm-hmm. And the few times I've driven it, it seems to have solved 99% of the issue. Yeah. Of course, now the issue is amplified with ethanol, gasoline. Yeah, bo- yeah boiling and away because yeah. of the boiling point is so low. Yeah, and high high altitude people still have a problem yeah with ethanol yeah so. that's yeah when we were in, took the model t to colorado all those people out there use um uh, marble mystery oil in their gas uh, a lot of them run without hoods oh wow or they put the first two or three years of model t there were no vents in the hoods no louvers they didn't do it they were just yeah. slab-sided so they, they put uh, uh, the later hoods on. They bolt right up to 15. It just fits. Mm-hmm. So they put the louvered hoods on, and that seems to help. But those guys out there mm-hmm. have real problems with stuff. Yeah, the other mechanical fuel injection cars had a recirculating fuel line, too. Oh, did they? I, yeah, uh, yeah, that would go back to the tank because yeah, of the, the heat issue also. Well, that's good they got the Cadillac sorted. So that's, that was done, and, and now we're waiting for the, the Maxwell... Mr. Moe in Minnesota is making a commutator. Oh, what? A commutator. The ignition... There are two things that are very peculiar about the Maxwell. Number one, uh, uh, well, first of all, that car was supposed to be a direct competition for Model T from Maxwell. Maxwell is a big car company. Yeah. 
And this was going to be, the one that I have was their cheap car. And the ignition system that they used before 1910 has the strangest thing. I've never seen anything like it. And, of course, nothing is available. It has an Edison, Thomas Edison, split-dorf ignition system. Two six-volt batteries in it, and the batteries are what we used to call telephone batteries. Uh, yeah. Six-volt dry cells, three in a row, big ones, tall wow. ones. Wow, yeah. And on the dashboard inside, there's a switch that straight up and down is off, Then there's one and two. Well, you put it to one, and you start the car, and you run it until the battery dies. Then you switch it to two, start the car, but in the meet, they run about 20 hours. Then you have to go and buy another battery and throw battery one away. <laughs> so you're continually buying batteries. There's no way you can recharge them or no, recycle No, they had no charging system. Uh, okay. They had no charging system. Yeah, and they had no magneto. It just ran on the damn battery. Yeah, and what what was the coils? Trembler coils or Trembler coils? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, how it fired was, off of the front of this thing, there's this phenolic block, and it has two <laughs> sets of points on it, one for each cylinder, and as it goes by, it opens the points, and then the points fire the coil, and it then fires the spark plug. Well, you can't, of course can't find any of this stuff. So the one that was on there was homemade, and it didn't work very well. And the guy said, not that it won't fire, and it did fire, is that the duration was so long that you'd kill your batteries, and they wouldn't last very long. You'd be running out of batteries real fast. So there's a guy in Minnesota who knows Mr. He's, there's three, three Maxwell, early Maxwell specialists in this country, and he makes a thing with uh, using sh modern Chevy points that you adjusted with the hex key. Yeah. And he has a, makes a new block, puts these things on so you can control the duration. And he said, I'll, I'll easily run 25 hours on one battery in my, my car. Wow. And, uh, yeah, really odd. Yeah. So I'm waiting for that. That should be here any time. And then finishing the, the lubrication system, which is even more peculiar. The strangest thing I've ever seen. The crankcase holds three quarters of a quart. That's <laughs> three it. Three quarters of a quart. Of a quart. <laughs> and then there's a pipe that comes out of the back of the block that goes to this big can. It's probably eight inches long and probably four inches around with a sight glass in it. And you fill that up with oil. And crankcase pressure... Pushes oil, pushes oil and pressure up into this. And then what it does, out of, of, of this can comes three, out of this thing, there's a thing, and three hoses, three things come out, or one goes out, and then it goes to this block on the inside that has three glass tubes. And coming out of that, there are three hoses. One goes to each cylinder, and one goes to the center main bearing. And you count the number of drips. And you have to have approximately 16 drips per minute. And there's an adjustment on the top. And that's how that engine is lubricated. 
That is just absolutely amazing. Goofy. It's yeah, goofy stuff. It I've never dealt with any of this kind of weird stuff. Yeah. And and uh, but where, they, where do you get the manual on this? There 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 are reprints out there. There are no shop manuals. Well, Motor probably wrote no Dykes. Dykes. I, Dykes. I, I, I traded for a, a a 1910 Dykes manual, and boy, was she tough. I started to say, say yeah. yeah. <laughs> she kickstarted a Harley knucklehead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow. Oh, uh, so so uh, uh, I, I, I'm learning all about this weird weird system. And the other thing is, there's no this this is so goofy. There's no way to lubricate the valve train. None. The huh. valve train gets no oil. So one of the experts, I was on his way to a Model T tour in Florida, stopped by, stayed at, stayed at a motel and came over and spent all, all the morning with me and pointed out, you need to do this, you need to do that, this isn't right. And what you have to do is drill into the cast iron cylinder heads, you, you drill a hole that goes down into the valve guides. And then, and, 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 well, valve guides are cast into the engine. And and um, uh, then you get every hour or so you get your oil can out and oil the valve train. Wow. That's a, then you said that'll be one of the best things you can do for that. And the flywheel. Now this is something I never heard of either. I got involved in this. We're gonna let's uh, continue this when we come back from our break. This is a I had no idea. We'll be back. You're listening to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. We'll be back right after this. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Hi, I'm Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about anti-car insurance. Uh, in this hobby... Uh, that I've been part of for years. Not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best anti-car insurance you can get, such as agreed value uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're when you get ready to, to uh, insure your classic car, classic, antique, or even your street ride. Call J.C. Taylor Insurance or visit jctaylor.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, and uh, Steve was telling us about is Maxwell and uh, how you oil the valve. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty weird. So you have to. Oh, this is this. Yeah, is, why don't you just take the engine out and dunk it? You can oil every now and then. Oh, can. that brings up another thing we'll talk about. You can. Um, it doesn't take much. the The frame is my. 
the frame in the top, there's no cylinder heads, they're cast iron jugs. And the engine mounts go right in to um, the cylinder head with three quarter inch bolts right through the frame. And the same with the back mount. It's a cross member and it bolts right. So there's no dampening. You 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 get all of the enjoyment of the vibrator. It's called NVH, noise, vibration and yeah, I'm sure there's a lot. So anyway, it it's a, it's been a very interesting project. I I've, I've learned a lot of stuff. I'd never dealt with anything this early before. But um, you said it was the same time period as the Tea? Yeah, the tea came out in late eight. But why, they, would, why would the tea be that much advanced over over the market? They weren't advanced. It's just that Henry, like like Jim said, Henry was smart enough to realize that you know you have to service this car. The first tea engines up until eleven were open valve. You had to lubricate the valve train. There was no there's no oil pump. There's no nothing. Where where Henry was smart was. He simplified everything, and he made the vehicles so they could be sold anywhere and driven by anyone, and there was nowhere near the complexity that Steve's talking about with a Maxwell. Henry was the original KISS theory, keep it simple, stupid? Yes, yes, but besides that, he developed the production line, and we're going to talk about that in a minute and how it changed the aircraft industry, but... My point is the guy was brilliant from the standpoint that he had very little waste. If you were a parts supplier to him, he made the cartons the same dimensions yeah. as what he needed, yeah. like floorboards and things. His, his uh, wooden uh, pallets. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Used them for floorboards. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and cartons, yeah. And, and, but from that standpoint, he made it very for lack of a better word, simple or basic product. He brought it to market. He figured out how to build it and, and develop modern production lines. With that, let's go back to Steve with the Maxwell. Yeah, and, it, and it's a little different. It's easier to drive, actually, than a Model T because you have a gas pedal and a brake pedal. Mm-hmm. And then you have a big shifter lever over here that you move. <laughs> and it's the same planetary transmission as a Model T. But it's actually easier be, because of this. Like you pull it all the way back and hold it, you have reverse. Just like on a Model T where you press on the R pedal, you have reverse. Then it goes to neutral. Then you you push it down. And when it engages, then you have low. Hmm. And then neutral. And you push it down one more, you have second. Uh, this is going to be. I've got to learn how to how to drive this thing. But your spark is only one, over, and you have a brake pedal and a gas pedal, mm-hmm. and the Model T has none of that stuff. So who was more advanced? I don't know. Hmm. Well, from the aspect of simplicity, Henry was much more advanced. And remember, we were talking with the Gilmore Museum a while back in in Michigan, and they have Model T driving lessons. Yeah, Brenda has yeah. a. Had took a class and has a Model T driver's license. Yeah, I, I mean that that kind of stuff. The, the guy transformed the business. You know, you said something a minute ago that sparked a, a thought, uh, and this, this is why this hobby and the history of cars and the history of the industry is so important that we don't forget it. Just think, 
if Henry Ford hadn't come up with the revolution thing of of, uh, of the being able to do it uh, conveyor belt, basically. Modern uh, production. Modern production. Where would we have been in World War II well, when we needed it? And he had, I mean, because it was the assembly line. He, he gets the, the credit, cars. but he wasn't first. Ransom E. Oldsmobile had the first pushed assembly line mm-hmm. with the curve dash. Okay. Yeah, right. he That's was ahead of Ford, but Ford gets the credit because there weren't, you know, Ford made 1,800 billion million Model T's. All over the world. Yeah, and... and um, but Oldsmobile... Oldsmobile did it first. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. The, there, in one of those magazines, have you read that series and one of the ones you gave me about the history of Oldsmobile, the three parts? Right. Pretty uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Oldsmobile is quite a character. All those people were. Well, uh, David Buick's another one. He, David D D B. Yeah, and and he died broke. Yeah, a lot of them died broke. Yeah. Um, Billy Durant died broke. Yeah. Walter Chrysler, Billy Durant, guy, he was the one who founded General Motors. He had so, had no money. Walter Chrysler used to hold benefits for him so that he could pay his bill in the home he was in and get his medicine. The founder of General Motors. Yeah. But anyway, going back to something that was very interesting, the government uh, didn't didn't fund it. Uh, yeah, he had Obamacare. Yeah, yeah and, and he got a, f- a free phone, and, and yeah. he got his meal cards. Buy my phone, buy my phone. <laughs> but anyway, here we go. <laughs> uh, Jim lent me a book to read, and it was extremely interesting. It's called The Arsenal of Democracy. It was the the gearing up primarily of what Ford did in World War II in the interplay between all of the personalities and how they did it. And the thing that I thought was when Edsel was alive and he was going to be in charge of all this stuff, he was going to make a bomber a minute, a bomber an hour, and he exceeded that. They one one B twenty four Liberator rolled out of that damn Ford bomber plant in fifty some minutes. It's just amazing story from nothing. I mean, there was even not even a building there. So, you, but Jim is much more astute at telling these kind of stories. Well, <laughs> I, I think that, and, and again, this comes back to our kids, uh, our grandkids, and and their kids need to know this. That it, that it, <laughs> All of this didn't just happen. Right. Well, (laughs) when World War II started, and and I'll I'll just make simplify this as much as possible. I mean, we this country had to ramp up immediately, and you had car factories, but the big thing was that all these car factories had to be converted, whether they were building arms or they were building trucks. We had the one gentleman from Boyertown, they built military vehicles in their plant in Pennsylvania back uh, during World War II. But Ford Edsel discovered that with a group of people that when you manufactured an airplane in the 30s, you had the wings built in one plant, you had the fuselage built in another plant, Engine. And the engine in another plant, that, you know, they came out of Pratt and Whitney and, and places in Connecticut and the Northeast. But a lot of aircraft assembly was done in California. And they basically well, said... That shouldn't have happened there because totally... Well, it wasn't totally oh, then. Totally. Then, then. Then it was, it was okay out there then. <laughs> 
So anyway, it was the smog that created that totally. Um, Gnarly. They decided to produce an airplane like you do an automobile is how it happened. Now, there's been a lot of books written about the arsenal of democracy, but a gentleman named A.J. Bame wrote this one. And for I would say he's a Ford historian because he's written about the Ford and Ferrari wars. He's written two or three books, and he's really done them quite well. And this Arsenal of Democracy book that he wrote really points out how they integrated aircraft assembly and production into one plant. And there was no plant. In Willow yeah, Run, a field. it was a field, and they literally built a plant. Then they had to build a town because they brought a lot of people from the south up to the north. And it talks about the issues they had with the town and the families and the children, and educating the children. And they put this whole thing together to start building these B twenty fours. Because we needed those right away. We, I mean, we needed them yesterday when after Pearl Harbor when, when things ramped up. And he, uh, the author goes into the issues that they encountered with the government. And, of course, the bureaucracy then was nothing compared to the complexity of today. And on top of that, integrating all these other companies to cooperate and I, I would almost say that's probably the first just-in-time supply chain that they had, and they weren't as vertically integrated because they had so many components that went into an airplane. The time frame, December the 7th, 41. Yeah. Well, I think they started this back, didn't they, before that, Steve? They started talking about... Yeah, I, 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 I think he started clearing the stuff before... Yeah, in the, in the was, like, 39, was, I think yeah, they, they that suspected... Yeah, Henry's Henry's... Experimental farm, Willow Run. That's where yeah. he was experimenting with different kinds of trees and stuff. Well, and he had that farm up in northern Michigan. Yeah, because he was messing farms with, all over. He was yeah, doing all kinds. Well, of he things. was doing the rubber plantation down in South America, where they created their own town down yeah, there, and, and to then, make their own and tires. Soybean thing and so outside we're of looking yeah. at a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, from about thirty-nine to forty-one, and then. About 42, they started spitting bombers out. Which, you know, you hit it on the head, the bureaucracy then compared to today. My God, it's still well, Congress it, trying to make it. And, this is, and I, this is a very, you'd think this would be a dull, boring book, but it's extremely readable. Yes. And I, I really got a kick out of the Roosevelt-Ford confrontations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they were not good friends no. here. Not big buddies, no. huh? No, no. Henry and... Well, Hen- Henry and... and <laughs> Henry was, yeah, was starting... Yeah. yeah, Henry was starting to deteriorate mentally. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, Edsel died of stomach cancer, but Edsel was the driving force behind this project. And he ran into a lot of issues with Henry's goons, for lack of a better word. Uh, I, I recommend the book. And then Bame has written a couple of others, one on the Ford Ferrari yeah, Wars. I read that one. Yeah, and uh, it's really, a, he's a good writer. I, I guess we're going to break it off for a second. We're going to take a break. We'll be back on the Classic Car Show right after this.
Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show. We've taken up uh, a little, uh, an interesting thing, talking about uh, Oldsmobile started the production line instead of Ford, and uh, before Ford did. And then we took it into World War II. And I, I find what Jim's been saying and, and Steve's been saying about uh, this book that... Uh, you, you read that uh, Arsenal of Democracy. It's the latest. I, I think that title's been used before, but this is A.J. Bain, B A I M E. Yeah, yeah, it came out about a year ago. And, I think uh, it's just fascinating, and and I marvel continually, just like what you were talking about with 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 your Maxwell. You know, this this was a step up from the, the, the from the the blacksmith. Almost, you yes, know? and and may, in many cases the blacksmith was the the motor doctor yeah. as well. But, yeah, um, yeah. I'm a bicycle guys. Yeah, and yes. then we uh, we look at we look at the equipment that we have today, the CAD systems, and you design the car, you design all this before you ever build the first one, and you know that it's going to come off the assembly line. Well, what about a three D printer? And the three D printers that can make a wrench and well, they can make body anything. parts now. Yeah, yeah. yeah that exactly. that's the other thing that's that's amazing. So yeah, they were talking. They they were talking about that at Charlotte. There was a guy up there that had Making a, body parts. Uh, he can. The hardest part, one of the hardest parts they've ever had to reproduce is forty Ford hoods because it's so many curves and so much yes. stuff. Dennis Carpenter went to this guy and he a computer designed and made the press to make the hood. So now you can get a brand new forty Ford hood. We well, can get a whole brand new forty Ford. Could, yeah, from, but they Dennis. couldn't get. You couldn't right. get the hood before. Yeah. Now you can get the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Well, and, and look at Brookville, uh, yeah. and and George has got a Brookville body on his Model A. And never know. No, it, it's just it's I mean, absolutely yeah. amazing. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a good thing because it preserves history or historical components yeah. or data because otherwise if you couldn't get it or unless you were uh, 
multimillionaire and paid somebody to hand make a piece. So yes, but even when it comes to body parts. But then that leads into the question: somebody restores a car with this stuff, and and represents it as an original car, and you cannot tell. Right. So that's the other side of the coin here with this repro stuff. That's so, and it's so good. I mean, it's well, so it, good. But then you get into the thing with continuation stuff, like the the Lister Jaguars, the the Noblies. They built ten more of them. Yeah, and the and the and the Heritage MGB body. Yeah. And stuff. Yes. Yeah. So is it, this is this going to dilute the hobby? No. Or? Because the interest is not that strong. Yeah. The cost at this point is so high. That Dennis Carpenter 40 Ford somebody told me was th- over $30,000. Well, I looked at a 55 Chevy body in Louisville at the, the, the street rod show, and I think from the firewall back it was $21,000, and it was an exact duplicate of the factory body. And, and GM's gotten smart and is requiring these guys... I don't know if they trademark it or how they do it, but they authorize them to build this stuff. And, of course, as we know, Ferrari has stopped so many people from counterfeiting cars, and now yes, they've got... one, one here that yeah. went, went off to, to visit. Yes. Yes, Mr. Worth. Speaking of that, <laughs> for what it's worth, our friend Pete resurrected a BMC Series A engine that had sat in a muddy field for years yeah. and he put it in a barrel of molasses that's, that's an old that's an old trick that's yeah. an old that's an old going back molasses is a is a, is a slow working strong acid and mm-hmm. take you take, you open everything you can and you stick the engine in molasses and use industrial grade not eating molasses you don't go to Kroger and fill up your cart <laughs> But no. <laughs> where, where do you get industrial? Yeah, there is. At a farm, far, tractor supply yeah, place tractor, or a yeah, fe- feed and implement place. Yeah, oh, Pete. Yeah, I guess so. yeah, yeah. Put it on, I forgot. Yeah, we, we fed it to cows. Yeah, Pete went in and bought and a bag get, of it. And that's how you get sweet milk. Yeah. Thank you very much. And whiskey. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, and whiskey. Whiskey's the other one. I always wondered what they did with it there. When they yeah. Had, yeah, those big things. Of, and then you dilute it, what is it, half, 50-50? I don't know. But there's a dilution, and you, and you throw the engine in there and just let it sit for a long time. Yeah. How, how long is a long time? A well, long time. About a month. At least. At least, yeah. Well, I was thinking you were talking about six months or a year. No, or no, no. Oh, no. Well, it won't hurt anything. The longer it stays in there, the more crap comes off, and then you have to get it, then you have to get it vatted and get all the... Molasses up. Yeah. yeah. Get it added and you're done. And it's it's brand new. And everything works and turns and goes and you're done. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. So that's, so there's that's that's one of the old Maxwell era stuff. But anyway, when I was here before I go, I you can tell you about the flywheel. The flywheel on that car weighs ninety pounds. And it's exposed and it's on the front. And it's held in with a thing called a gib key. I had never heard of such a thing in my life. It's a taper key that has a catch. It looks like almost like a cane. And if you have a 3-8 gib key, it's tapered from where the crook of the cane would be to the end in a foot to zero. So it loses everything in a foot. So it's 3-8 and it drops to zero in one foot. And they go back to covered wagons. 
This is what held the wheels on, the wheels in place on the axles in the old wagons, a gib key. And I said, where in the hell? This guy was saying, oh, you need it. You don't forget to put your new gib key. I said, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and in McMaster car, you can still buy gib keys. God any bless them. Any length you want. It, it, I'd it, never it, heard of such a thing. My favorite place. Sort of, sort of like uh, from that, did they come up with the Allen screw? Because it sort of it sounds like an Allen wrench of sorts. Well, no, no, it's a key. You it's like a Woodruff it key. It's like oh, a Woodruff key. Oh, okay. Oh, and it's yeah. Just you just knock it in, and it stays there. All right. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Yeah. Wow. So and I, this is another new term, gib key. Gib key. So if anybody's interested, if look up McMasterCar.com and look up gib key, and you'll you'll find out. I never even knew such a thing. So it, is the gib key the thing that would come that out holds of the, the wheel cover, on. That would come off the covered wagon wheel, and the wheel would fall. Would spin. Would spin. No. This. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I never thought about that. I have to ask John Wayne next time we're out on his boat with. Because that was a problem. You're always seeing it on yeah. westerns and stuff where the. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was, but that I in you. And then I looked up the history of gib key, and it talked about the the covered wagons and wagons and these these metal keys to hold the wheels. G I B. Never heard of it. I never had either. Look up Woodruff too. Woodruff key. I've heard of Woodruff. Yeah. It's a school down south of it. No, Woodruff owns Honda Carland. Oh, yeah. all those in Roswell. Yeah. <laughs> Woodruff key. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one. It's not. It's not tapered. No, it's not tapered, and and it it fits. Sort of like the cotter key of sorts. Well, cotter key is spread, but this this fits in a in a groove. Is that probably the best term? Yeah. But the gib key you knock in, and it's tapered, and so is the thing it fits in, so it holds it together tight. Yeah, and when you get together with John Wayne, call me. I'd like to ask Duke a couple of things, too. Yeah, well, Howard Hawkson yeah. and, and, and what's his name? Ward Sar- Bond. And, and what about Sergeant Stryker? <laughs> yeah, if you, when yeah. You, yeah, yeah. Sar- Sergeant Stryker is another so one. Question is, how ma- who can name all the movies John Wayne got killed in? That was one. Yeah, Sergeant Stryker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sands of Iwo Jima. Yeah. Who can name? Uh, There's three, I was told. Three? Okay, I started saying. The other one is the Cowboys with the little kids. Yeah. Hmm. And I can't think of the third one. I, I don't know. I'm not as. Uh, I, I, uh, I do watch the Western Channel, and I, I get a kick out of the. And it goes back to the 50s. Uh, and John Wayne comes on. I'm, I'm John Wayne, and want to introduce a, a friend of mine. That I think is going to be good in a new show called Guns. Yeah, James Arness, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and I love the endings, the old westerns. Oh yeah, that Han, uh, uh, Hondo when when they they uh, Apaches have to go back to the reservation, and one guy looks at him, the, the, the second lieutenant out of West Point, and says, "Well, it looks like this is the end of a way of life." And, John Wayne gives him that little goofy tilt head look and says, "Yep, too bad. Was a good way." And then the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, I don't know Pilgrim. What all this has to do with the classic car show. Next week we got uh, Pierce Arrow, and I'm going to call him every day at sunrise and sunset and make sure that he's going to. No, oh, he's a, no. He's a, he's a nice gentleman man. and a scholar. Yeah. He's a very and, uh, nice man. Yeah, so yeah. he has called back uh, a couple of times. Uh, uh, Confirming that he will be on next week. So we got Pierce Arrow, and uh, 
I got two gentlemen here that are in love with that car, I think. Well, yes, yeah. Um, so Since it should be an excellent show on the classic car. I have to go to the Packard thing today, and they 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 always point out that Packard survived and Pierce Arrow didn't, so who made the better car? <laughs> I don't think that makes any difference. No. So. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to have uh, Pierce Arrow on, and uh, both, do both of you know... Uh, Sandoro? Sandoro, I do. But Steve does. I don't. I know of him, but I don't know him. Nice, nice man. He is a yeah. nice man. He has uh, been very, very nice on the phone, and uh, we're looking forward to having it. I don't know what happened to today's interview, but uh, things happen, and uh, we weren't. We weren't. Uh, well, and we hope what's going our on. listeners had a good time today, and oh, those yeah. that'll download. It was, uh, I, you know, what's interesting about this show, uh, you, you find out things I never knew about the key that you were talking about, Dib Key, and I, and and yet, and we talked about the assembly line. I didn't know Oldsmobile started it, but it's this is what this show is all about, and we've got to continue. We're we're going to be expanding some things here uh, because we see that. So many young people don't appreciate and don't even know and aren't taught history anymore, and uh, you know they don't know they don't have the first clue of, of cha- changing a tire is picking up their telephone and calling for roadside history service. History started in two thousand and eight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Did. But we won't go there. <laughs> anyway, we appreciate you all listening to the America's uh, Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And uh, we'll be back with somebody next week. Steve will be here, and uh, Jim may be calling in. Uh, Yeah, I'll be in Indianapolis. Alive after all those weeks of flu. Yeah, well, you're you're sounding much better than... Uh, That was really a killer. It was. We'll be back next week on the Classic Car Show. You're listening to America's Web Radio, and we do appreciate it. Stay tuned for more on your conservative radio station. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.